Welcome, everybody, to my final mock draft of the 2022 NFL Draft Cycle. I'm Brian Johannes. We are less than 24 hours away from the NFL Draft when I am recording this. I had just submitted my final mock draft to the Huddle Report um, for the mock draft contest. And... Now it's time just to sit back and have some fun and watch the draft unfold. But I wanted to go through my final mock draft with you to kind of explain it, showcase kind of my thoughts on what I think is going to happen. Now, I don't like to do the mocks where it's where I'm projecting who the who, what I would do. That's not fun to me. I know other people do it. That's their thing. That's fine for me. It is, that's the whole point of this, is to project, predict, guess what these NFL teams are going to do. And so that's what I did here. This is my best guess. It's probably going to be 100% wrong, but it's fun. So let's go ahead. Let's not waste any more time. And let's get started on my final mock draft. Um, and for this, uh, for the video portion of this, what I'm doing is I'm doing a screen recording of uh, Mock Draft Database. If you haven't checked out that site, yet make sure you do it's got a lot of fun stuff i'm using their mock draft simulator it's my favorite out there um so let's get started uh jacksonville jaguars now i think you know a lot of people said this is going to be aiden hutchison for the longest time i think we've kind of moved off that and at this point i think it's either going to be trayvon walker or ika mcwanu i'm going with trayvon walker right now that's who my pick is going to be. Um, I, I've been leaning Ika Mekwanu for quite a while. But Jacksonville went out and they signed Cam Robinson to a three-year extension. And that locks him into the left tackle spot. I still wouldn't be shocked if they took Ika Mekwanu. But if you're sticking him at guard kind of long-term in that situation, probably taking him number one overall just isn't the best choice so in this case Trayvon Walker Trent Baalke gets his guy goes out and gets his freak athlete that the type of guy that he likes and so that that's why I think they go here for pick two this is a no-brainer this is going to be Aiden Hutchinson um, I think the Detroit Lions will run to the podium I don't think they'll entertain anything you know, there's always talk, hey, they're going to sit and entertain the pick. Nope, I, I don't think they're going to do that. They're going to turn in the card. We want Aiden Hutchinson. That's exactly the type of guy that Dan Campbell wants. It's there. Now, with the Houston Texans, once again, I think they can go a couple different directions. There's been a lot of push about a cornerback. Ahmed Gardner, Derek Stingley, there's a lot. Even Lovey Smith himself said, we need better cornerback play. And I think that's a strong possibility. But we have Ike Mekwane right here. And that's who I think the Texans are going to take. I think they need to – they're not necessarily they, – they, this is a franchise that just needs pieces. They can't afford to get any misses. And I'm not saying Derek Stingley – or Ahmed Sauce Gardner is going to be a miss. But 
they need some safe picks. They need to build this franchise up. And so I think getting a guy like Akamekwana who can come in and be a franch, uh, a cornerstone piece of this offensive line, whether it's at left tackle, right tackle, maybe inside at guard, they need to start collecting talent. And I think that's why they kind of go maybe the safe route and get a guy like Akwanu. So that turns our attention to the Jets. And I think if Ekwanu was still available, this would be a no-brainer pick. I think Trayvon Walker would be an, uh, almost a no-brainer pick. The kind of the, the, the back and forth here, I think, is between Kayvon Thibodeau and Ahmed Gardner. I think Ahmed Gardner would be a great fit within their defense, gives Robert Sala a physical, long, shutdown-type corner in their cover three scheme, whereas Thibodeau would give him that edge pass rusher. And we know with Robert Sala, he likes to collect pass rushers. But I think the organization is a little leery of Kayvon Thibodeau, so that's why I, th- I have them taking Ahmed Sauce Gardner here. Like I said, he's not Richard Sherman. There's only one Richard Sherman out in this world. But Ahmed Garter is going to give them a lot of stuff that they want. You know, Robert Solo, when he was in San Francisco, they drafted a kill of Witherspoon. Similar body type as Ahmed Gardner, but Gardner's a much better prospect. He's physical. He's long. He's got good speed. He's got everything you want out of that cover three corner, and it's a position that's a desperate need for them, plus a good value here. So that's why that's the pick. Uh, rounding out the top five, New York Giants. I haven't taken Charles Cross. Uh, th- here, this is a player that's been rumored to them. A lot of buzz around Charles C- Cross. It's been deafening. Source or insider after insider after insider. You know whether it's Albert Breer, whether it's Peter King, whether it's Tony Pauline. All these people, Peter Schrager, keep mentioning Charles Cross to the Giants, a guy that they like. Um, there's some people that think he's the best offensive tackle, the best prospect in this class. So I think a guy like with Cross being available, um, it's like I said, um, whether they put him at left tackle and move Andrew Thomas to the right or they put Cross in at right, they want to get and build up this offensive line for whoever the quarterback is going to be in a couple of years. And so that's why they go with Charles Cross. Now, with the, the Panthers, it's been long thought that it's going to be a quarterback. And for the longest time, and I'm still tough not to put Kenny Pickett to the Carolina Panthers, but all indications have them moving off of the quarterback here. Matt Rule has to win now. And it's going to be hard to do that with a rookie quarterback. And so the other big area of need is offensive tackle. And it just so happens that Evan Neal is available here for the Carolina Panthers. And I think Evan Neal's slipping a little bit in the draft. There's reports out there. I know Albert Breer mentioned this from Sports Illustrated, that he's got some knee issues that are causing some concern. Um, And that always happens. You know, questions about a player's health and some red flags can cause him to move. And I don't think it's serious serious enough that's going to drop him um, quite a bit in this draft, but I think that's why he's going as the third tackle now instead of 
one of the you know the, the first tackle or the second tackle off the board. And I think for Carolina, this is a great situation because they can get a guy like him and to fall into their lap and uh, and be their cornerstone left tackle that they desperately need. Now with the New York Giants, I just had them taking Charles Cross. Uh, they're a team that I thought could have taken a cornerback. So if Ahmed Sauce Gardner is available, in this case he's not, but Derek Stingley is. Could they take Derek Stingley here? They need pass rushers. They need man coverage cornerbacks. But I have them taking Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. I, there's some talk that they might like Jermaine Johnson better, and I would not be shocked. I will not be shocked at all if the draft comes, it plays out just like this, because of course it's going to. And they're they're facing either Kayvon Thibodeau or Jermaine Johnson, and they pick Jermaine Johnson. I like Thibodeau better, but it wouldn't shock me. Like I said, they need pass rushers. They've got OZ's Olajari on one side. They need someone else opposite of him and I think Thibodeau is just too good to pass up in this situation uh, I think they trust Brian Dayball to manage uh, different personalities and I think Kayvon Thibodeau's personality issues are pretty overblown alright so that has us moving on to the Falcons and I think this is where we start to see the, the wide receivers go off the board and I know I talked about I put a YouTube video out there about how the Falcons should not be going after a quarterback. This is after the Matt Ryan trade. And that they need to build up this roster and go for a quarterback next year. And I mentioned go out and get a receiver. Get Garrett Wilson. And and build build up some weapons for so whoever comes in and replaces him can... Uh, has somebody to throw to besides Kyle Pitt. Pitts. Um, and so I think we look at Garrett Wilson as a possibility. He's my number one rated uh, corner wide receiver. But I don't think they take him. I think they take Drake London out of USC. If you look at Arthur Smith... Here is a guy, you know, who had his success, his first run as an offensive coordinator in Tennessee with A.J. Brown. A physical, contested catch. You know, not a bad athlete. No one's out there saying A.J. Brown's slow or anything. But a physical player, a contested catch guy, someone that can go up and get the ball. Um, And I think Drake London has a lot of those same similarities. You know, he's not going to be out there blazing. You know, all these people said, oh, he didn't run the – he didn't run the 40. He's slow, blah, blah, blah. He, just, he didn't play fat. You know, he's not slow, but his game isn't predicated on speed. His game is predicated on leverage and going up and winning contested catches. So that's why I think he is the Falcons pick. Could he be the first quarterback or wide receiver taken? Yeah. But I could also see a team trading up, knowing that Atlanta's probably going to go receiver here. Could a team move up with the Giants ahead of them to take a receiver first? 
Could Washington say, hey, we want to get that first receiver. We need to get ahead of the Falcons to get the guy that we want. Hey, the Giants, we need to get trade back up here to get or someone else. Trade up. And the Giants want to move back. They want to get a 2023 first-round pick. So they, they would be willing to move down. All right, nine in Seattle. I have them kind of – there's a couple different directions they could go. And a name that we're hearing quite a bit out there is Trevor Penning. And he, he a physical left tackle. They don't have a left tackle yet. Dwayne Brown was their tackle last year. He's still unsigned. So right now they don't have anyone that could still go out and bring him back. And so that's why I think Trevor Penning is a strong possibility. But I don't think they go that route. I think they look to get a difference maker. And that's why I have them taking Derek Stingley here with that ninth pick. Here's a guy that talent-wise, after you know we've heard it time and time again. After his freshman year, he was one of the best players. He was, as a freshman, he was one of the best players in college football. But he's been injured. Seems to kind of be back. His athleticism is still there. A lot of some of the questions like, oh, did he play hard? Well, it turns out he was trying to play this past year with a Liz Frank injury. He's trying to gut it out and just couldn't do it. I think some of those concerns maybe about injuries are causing him to fall a little bit. Maybe have him being that second cornerback in the draft. Um, And that's why I think he's available here for the Seahawks. Now, Keep in mind, another team that could move up, I mentioned the seventh pick and a team moving up to get a receiver. Don't be surprised if a team like the Vikings move up to that seventh pick and not to get a receiver, but to get Derek Stingley. The, the Vikings are a team that seems to, to, to love Derek Stingley, and I think there's a chance, if they love him that much, that they could move up ahead of the Seahawks to take him. All right, let's wrap up the top 10 with the New York Giants, with the New York Jets, I mean, with their second first-round pick, their second top 10 pick. This is where I have them go on receiver, and I think this is the guy that they want. I know some people have mocked them, Drake London. I think Garrett Wilson's the better prospect and the better fit with them. Um, they need to add a number one receiver. Now, do I think Garrett Wilson is the you know the next great Devontae Adams type receiver no but Garrett Wilson reminds me a lot of Stephon Diggs when I watched him when I broke down his tape I kept seeing Stephon Diggs and I think the Jets they they they've told us they need a receiver they've tried it they tried to trade for Tyreek Hill didn't get him they tried to they've been trying to get Debo Samuel they've been trying to get DK Metcalf they've been trying to get AJ Brown they want a number one receiver because Joe Douglas knows if they don't get help for Zach Wilson he's not going to pan out as the doesn't have he might not have a chance to pan out and then they might lose their job so that's why I think Garrett Wilson, if they don't end up trading this pick for a veteran, they're going to go get a receiver here. For the Washington Commanders, there's a lot of different places that they could go here. Um, Kyle Hamilton is available. And Kyle Hamilton is a guy that's sliding because of a poor 40 time. 
And I think that's scaring some teams off, even though his production on the field is, is pretty good. And so I think a team like Washington could, could scoop him up and, and take the value there. But I think after they missed on Jamin Davis last year, and they know that, hey, we're trying to re-sign Terry McLaurin, and he needs help, they, they go out and get a receiver. And Jamison Williams is available here. And I think Jamison Williams is one of the best receivers in this class. He's my number two rated receiver in this class. But I don't know if Ron Rivera and the commanders can wait six, eight weeks for him to kind of be able to play. And so because of that and because of the need, I still haven't taken receiver, but I haven't taken Chris Olave from Ohio State. A little bit of a reach, maybe. I really like Chris Olave. But, like I said, they need somebody. And Chris Olave would compliment Terry McLaurin. Rumor is that they're they're close. They came in. They were at Ohio State at the same time. And like I said, this offense just needs weapons. And, you know, maybe they reach a little bit for him. Now, with the Minnesota Vikings at 12, here's the team that I thought, you know, like I said before, Derek Stingley seems to be their top guy, the guy that they really want. But I don't think he's going to be available to them. They could trade up. I just don't necessarily know if it's going to happen. They still have a lot of holes that they need to fill. And I think they're a candidate to trade down. There's a couple teams that could move up to this 12 spot. So I think they're going to be a little open for business. Maybe a team looking to get a quarterback. Notice I haven't had a quarterback taken yet. Kenny Pickett's still available. Malik Willis is still available. So maybe a team looking to come up and get a quarterback could trade up here. Uh, there's, there's an offensive lineman. Trevor Penning is still available. There's a sharp drop-off after Trevor Penning, in my opinion. And so I could see a team moving up to get Trevor Penning because, like I said, He's still there. There's not a lot behind him. So when I mock the Vikings pick here, I didn't do any trades, like per se. I didn't move teams around on on my mock. But I'm factoring in a trade here. So I have the Vikings taking Kyle Hamilton. um, And I think they get him later on. Maybe in the late teens, maybe at 20. But I think Kyle Hamilton falls further than this and into the Vikings' lap as a team moved up with them. Now, I think Kyle Hamilton's a great fit with the Vikings. They're going to be running that Vic Fangio defense this year. And Vic Fangio's defense relies on two safeties that can kind of do it all. And they've got Harrison uh, Smith. They could utilize a guy next to him. And I think Kyle Hamilton's a guy who would fit well. You look at what Eddie Jackson has done with the Bears when he was with Vic Fangio especially. And I think Kyle Hamilton has a lot of same characteristics. I think a lot of his concerns about his 40 time are overblown. Um, And I think he's going to be one of those guys that we look back, kind of like Derwin James, and say, "Did, did Kyle Hamilton seriously fall into the late teens? And look at the Vikings. There's another great player falls into their lap. All right, let's move on to 13. And Houston Tex, the Houston Texans, their second first-round pick. 
Now, first off, I had him taking Ikemekwanu. And one of the players that I could have had them mock there was Derek Stingley or Ahmed Sauce Gardner. Now, they decided not to get the cornerback there, but I think they take the cornerback here, and that's where I have them taking Trent McDuffie. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Trent McDuffie. He's the third, uh, seventh rated player on my draft, my, my rankings. Um, I'm a big fan of him. I love his um, his movement skills, his fluid hips. His, he's a quick twitch athlete. He's got good speed. Um, he's just a little bit small. He's not tiny, but um, he's just not as big and long as a Derek Stingley or a Sauce Gardner. But I think he's a very good corner. I think he could play inside. He could play outside. Once again, I think it's another safe pick for the Texans and gives them a corner that can kind of is scheme versatile and would give them an upgrade at that position. Now, don't count out Kyle Hamilton here. I almost flipped these picks because kept hearing Kyle Hamilton to the to the Texans, to the Texans, especially early on at that third pick. So if he's available here i could definitely see them taking him and if you got out of this draft with ike mcwanu and kyle hamilton i think it'd be a pretty much a win and i think it's a win coming out of here with ike mcwanu and trent mcduffie all right 14 baltimore ravens another team once again who could move back um i hadn't taken jermaine johnson i had a hard time mocking um the the Ravens here I mean obviously Trevor Penning's still available I think someone trades up to get him I'll get to that later so they don't have that option to take him I think McDuffie would be a good fit so I almost you know once again I to be honest I honestly almost put Jermaine Johnson to the Vikings to give him another pass rusher to go with uh the the Daniel Hunter and um the guys that they have there um I, and then put Kyle Hamilton to the Texans and Trent McDuffie to to the Ravens. So I definitely could see that happening. But the Ravens, they need a pass rusher. And they thought they had Zadarius Smith. They ended up going to the Vikings. Okay. They need another pass rusher. I think Jermaine Johnson's available. Here's a guy that's been rumored to them. And so that's why I think in this situation, they just look here and say, you know what? We got a good. We need a pass rusher. There's a good one available. Let's just go out and get him. All right, 15 to the Eagles. This is where I have Jordan Davis going. Um, I could see Jordan Davis going to the the Ravens. Oh, I'm not convinced on that. Um, but I think the Eagles are a team that have been tied to him and they want to upgrade they howie roseman and the eagles love to draft defensive and offensive linemen and they cut fletcher cox and then brought him back on a one-year deal fletcher cox is at the end of his career in the nfl and so i think they'd love to get his replacement and i think jordan davis can can be that guy and they can utilize this year with both of them to have Jordan Davis learn from Fletcher Cox, develop as maybe more of a better interior pass rusher, you know, because Jordan Davis may be six foot six, three hundred thirty-five pounds, but he's not a true space eater. He's much more of a disruptor and shooting gaps. Yes, he can two gap, 
but he's more of a, a disruptor, not a, a space eater. And so I think he just needs to continue his development and a learning from a guy like Fletcher Cox would do wonders for him. All right, let's go to the Saints. Now, there's a lot of speculation with what the Saints could do because they have these first two picks, and a lot of it could be them just taking two positional players to build up their chance to make a run. But there also is a lot of ties to them taking a quarterback, and that's where I have the first quarterback going off the board. They seem to really like Kenny Pickett, especially their front office, and I think that's the way that they want to go. I think they see Jameis being the the placeholder, but they need to get that future guy in, and I think Kenny Pickett's possibly that guy, and they just pull the trigger and get a, a cost-controlled player at that position that they can you know help save some money on and run the offense that they want to run, and then they can start building the team back up around him. All right, 17 in the Chargers. This is where I have Trevor Penning going. As I mentioned, I think a team's going to trade up to get him, and I've heard rumors, I've seen them, that the Chargers are that team, and they want to go up and get that bookend tackle opposite of Rayshon Slater to protect Justin Herbert. They've added all these pieces on offense, but they need to protect Justin Herbert. And so I think a guy like Trevor Penning, I, like I mentioned before, I think a team like Baltimore or potentially the Vikings could be trade partners. You know, I could see the Chargers moving up to 12 with the Vikings, taking Trevor Penning at 12 ahead of the Texans, who once again, I know they took Ike Mokwano, so that's not going to happen, but ahead of the the Saints, who are rumored to want him, ahead of the, the Ravens, who he seems to be a perfect fit for, and they get him there. And then you have Kyle Hamilton fall to 17, you know, past maybe the Vic, you know, the, the Texans who maybe want that corner, you know, past the, the Ravens who take that pass rusher. And then you get Kyle Hamilton there at that 17th pick. All right, 18, the Eagles. This is their second first round pick I don't think they stay put Howie Roseman loves to wheel and deal and I think he wants to kind of continue to build up and maybe there's a player that they don't really love right here and there's someone maybe a couple picks down that wants to move up maybe at the end of the first round that wants to move up so I am thinking the Eagles are probably picking at the end of the first round again and they take George Karloftis Yes, they're taking two defensive linemen. But guess what? That's what the Eagles love to do. They love to collect those type of guys. And I think Karloftis is a guy that's probably sliding down draft boards a little bit, and maybe not, he's not as high as what we in the media tend to think he is. But he's a talented pass rusher. He fits with what the Eagles have done. There's talk that he's a guy that they like. And so as I said, I'm not thinking George Karloftis is going to be the 18th overall pick in this draft. But I do think the Eagles are potentially going to move down and into the tw- mid to late 20s, have a pick there and say, hey, we've got a chance at a, a quality pass rusher who's got a good win percentage rate statistic. Let's go out and let's get him. All right, 19, the Saints' second-round pick. Like I said, I think they're going to take positional players. 
And this may be a bit of a reach, but this guy's going to go, I think, earlier than a lot of people think. And that's Daxton Hill from Michigan. And where he goes, I'm not quite certain. But who, who, where else are the Saints going to go? I think it's still a little bit early for Devontae Wyatt. There's not a tackle available here. Receiver, are you going to take – yeah, they could take Jamison Williams. But once again, they need immediate impact guys. So I think a guy like Daxton Hill fits with what they want to do at safety. They love playing three safeties. You put Daxton Hill along with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson on, as kind of those dual strong safeties. He's a guy that could play basically any any safety position. He played in the slot last year for Michigan, played some strong safety, played some free safety. His versatility is what Dennis Allen loves out of that position. And it just, you know, once again, 19 may be a little bit high for him, but we always have that player going a little bit earlier. And maybe Dennis Allen just pounds the table and says, this is a guy that we need on our defense. And they're going to have to rely on their defense a lot more. The Pittsburgh Steelers, like I said, this this is this is an obvious pick. This is a team that since January we've been hearing that they absolutely love Malik Willis. And here's another team that I think is going to move up. Could this be the team that moves up ahead of the Saints? Hey, could we have them moving up with the Vikings? Could we have them moving up with the the Ahead of you know up into that area, probably not going to trade with Baltimore. I mean, they're not going to trade within the division. But here's a team that I think is going to move up, and I think they're not going to trade all the way into the top ten. They could, they could, but I think they're going to it if and when Malik Willis falls into the teens. I think they're going to look go up and be aggressive. He's the guy that they really like. It seems like they have a plan for him. They want to run him. They want to kind of build their offense similar to what the um, maybe what the Eagles are doing with Jalen Hurts, what the Ravens are doing with Lamar Jackson, and I just think it just makes too much sense. And he's going to be within striking distance of them, so I think they go up and they make that that pick. Mike Tomlin's happy, and they're ready to go forward in the next phase of the Steeler organization. Now, New England can do a lot of different things here. They're, the talk of them taking receivers is not going to happen. Bill Belichick has learned he has been burned by receivers too early, too often. They're not going to take a receiver. Devin Lloyd is a strong possibility here. I really like Devin Lloyd within the Patriots. I just don't know if they pull that trigger. A lot of people talk about Quay Walker, the linebacker out of Georgia. Going to be the first linebacker taken. He's got the size that the Patriots like, but I don't think he does all the stuff that they want him to do. And I think they go defensive backfield, and I think they take Kair Elam from Florida. Here's a big outside corner, guy that likes to mix it up. He's got good ball skills. And it gives them that man, that long man corner on the outside that they really need. They didn't have since they lost Stephon Gilmore a couple years ago. Since they lot they let J.C. Jackson go in free agency, I think they look to find that next guy, and I think it's Kyrie Elam. 
Now, I mentioned linebackers, and I think this is where we start to see that first linebacker off the board. Now, it could be N'Kobe Dean, who I think is the best linebacker in the draft. It could be Devin Lloyd, who a lot of people thought would be the first linebacker taken. And some people, a lot of, you know, especially college football writers, they think he's a top 10 pick. But I think they still stay in Georgia. But I think they take Quay Walker. And he's way down here on this list. They take Quay Walker. Quay Walker is going to be the first linebacker taken. And I think he's a good fit with what the Packers want to do. They, they have a versatile defense that they want guys that can do a lot of different things. And I think Quay Walker at six foot four, 240 pounds, he's got good athleticism. He can, he's got that prototypical size and length. I think he fits with a lot of what they want to do and a lot of how Brian Gutekinds has drafted. And that's why I take, I think he's a fit there. Now, with the Cardinals, there's a couple of different things that they can do. Steve Kime loves to draft big, long athletes. And Logan Hall from Houston is a guy that I think we need to keep an eye on. I don't think he's going to be their pick. Because... And they could go Devontae Wyatt. They could go a pass rusher here. But they've just gone defensive players the last... They've basically taken two inside linebackers the last two years. I think they realize we lost Christian Kirk. We could use some weapons. Now, Jamison Williams isn't the pick here. And I'll explain that why in a second. I think they, this is where Jahan Dotson goes. Now, some of you are probably like... Brian, you're crazy. Jamison Williams is still available. How do you not have him gone yet? Especially the Packers just picked. The Cardinals just took another receiver ahead of him. Hold your horses. I think Jamison Williams will be picked ahead. But once again, I think a team's going to trade up. So he's, he's going to go later on this draft. Because like I said, I think a team trades up to get Jamison Williams. Probably ahead of the Saints. Ahead of the Packers. Ahead of the Cardinals. And, and takes him. That's why I think Jahan Dotson will be, what, the fifth receiver taken um, in this situation. Jahan Dotson gives them that slot guy that they are missing in Christian Kirk. He's got good speed, tremendous hands. They want that speed element opposite of DeAndre Hopkins, and I think Deshaun, Jahan Dotson would be a good fit there. Now, with the Cowboys, I think they're going offensive line. There's a lot of rumors of them potentially moving up. I'd be curious to see if that actually happens. I think if they did move up, it would be for a pass rusher. Like if a Kayvon Thibodeau falls out of the top 10, which probably isn't going to happen. Jermaine Johnson, maybe they move up to get him. But I think when it's all said and done, they'll stay put. And I have them addressing the, the um, offensive line. I have them taking Kenyon Green. I think he fits with a lot of what they want to do on that offensive line. He's got that versatility. He, he played left tackle this past year. Played pretty well. Watched him against Willie Anderson from Alabama. He held his own. Um, but I think he's a left guard. They lost Connor Williams. They could utilize some help at left guard. And I think Kenyon Green's a guy that would really fit well with what they want to do. Now that leads us to the Buffalo Bills. And this has been a popular spot 
for people to mock Brees Hall, the running back out of Iowa State. He's clearly the best running back in this 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 draft. But I think it's hard to really go running back here. A lot of people are doing it because they need it and they don't have a whole lot of needs. But I just can't it just doesn't it just doesn't vibe with me. It feels like it's like, you know, what are the the issues people have with mock drafts is you 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 select for need. And a lot of NFL teams they, they kind of go best player available on their board. And I think that's what the Bills do here. They take best player, and he may not be the best player on their board, but maybe best player at their need positions. And I think that's Kyler Gordon out of Washington. Getting another cornerback, you have Tredavious White, who is coming back from an injury. Um, Levi Wallace has, has played well at times. They could use that cor- another stud corner, and I think Kyler Gordon's a guy who's, who's a good athlete. He could play in, in off-man coverage. He could play a zone. He can match up and press. So I think he does a lot that McDermott wants to his secondary, his cornerbacks to do. And so that's why I think, he, like I said, he's a good fit there. And that leads us to the Tennessee Titans, a team that, from all intents and purposes, they're probably going to take an offensive line. And a guy to really watch out for is Tyler Smith out of Tulsa, a guy that's been rumored to go at the end of the first round. Um, he fits a lot of the things that the Titans like. He's physical. He's mean. Reminds me a lot of Taylor Luan. But he scares me. I don't like him as a prospect. He His balance isn't good. His um, His balance isn't good. He doesn't play with good knee bend. I worry about him as a prospect. But there's a guy that's much, much, much better that's available. And it's inside at tackle at guard. And that's Zion Johnson out of Boston College. Some people may not know this. Zion Johnson's roommate is Mike Vrabel's son. Kind of connecting the dots there. But he also fits what they want to do. They need a left guard to replace Roger Saffold. They did take Dylan Raddins last year um, in the mid-rounds to potentially play right tackle. So I think maybe they, they solidify him there instead of trying to move, you know, get him cross-trained at, at guard and tackle. I think they just put Raddins out there at right tackle. And you put Zion Johnson on, on the left guard position, and you get a guy who's not super mean and nasty, but he's a strong run blocker. He's a good athlete. He's played the you know tackle as well. So he's a versatile type of player that I think is going to be a good fit with what they want to do. All right, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have them going Devontae Wyatt, the pass rusher from Georgia. I know. I think he's gonna. He's not gonna go as high as he probably should in the draft, just because he's a little bit older. And some teams really get hung up on that. You know, the age factor. Um, he's just a dang good football player, and they need to get younger at defensive line. They've they've done well with Jason Pierre-Paul and William Golston and Nadamik and Sue, but they need to get a little bit younger. And I think a guy like Devontae Wyatt, who's played in a 3-4, that has him kind of moving around and and playing different techniques, would be a good fit for what they want to do and have someone for the future to pair up with Vita Vea. Now as we get to the Green Bay Packers, 
they haven't taken a receiver yet. And I'm not sold on the Packers taking a receiver in the first round. I've been burned year after year thinking they were going to get a weapon for Aaron Rodgers because why wouldn't you? You've got Devontae Adams and a a collection of nobodies. Sorry, Alan Lazard. Um, but he they tend the Packers tend to get their receivers in the second round, and so I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't take one. And maybe they go safety here. Maybe this is where Daxton Hill ends up going. You know, maybe they take Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. Maybe they they go out and they get Tyler Linderbaum. But I think they're going to feel a little bit of pressure to get a receiver. And that's why I haven't taken Traylon Burks. And I don't think they're going to move up and be aggressive to get one. I think they're going to sit back. And I think Burks is a guy that fits with a lot with what they want to do. You know, he he gets knocked for his speed. But when I saw him playing in the SEC, I saw him running away from SEC defensive backs. And you can't be slow or not fast and run away from SEC defensive backs. So, I think Traylon Burks is a good fit here. Um, he's a he's a contested catcher. He's a good athlete. Um, and I think he could do a lot with what the Packers want to do right here. Who the Kansas City Chiefs with two first-round picks here. Now, I've been long saying someone's going to move up and get Jamison Williams. And let's be real, it's going to be the Chiefs. They have 12 picks in this draft. 12 picks. They don't have room for 12 rookies. They've got holes. They've got weaknesses that they need to fill. But they don't have 12 of them. So there's no way that they're going to stand pat and, and pick all the and pick 12 rookies. They're, I think this gives them a chance to be aggressive. And I think they need to replace Tyreek Hill. There's only one Tyreek Hill, but they need to get someone in that, that those shoes to be that number one guy because I don't think it's Nicole Harmon. I don't think it's Marquez Veldez-Scantling. I don't think it's Demarcus Robinson. They need to go out and get someone. And I think they're the perfect team that would be willing to take that chance on Jamison Williams because they can get by without him for the first six weeks. Even in that tremendously deep AFC West. And I think they move up. I think the team to look at them is the Eagles. Howie Roseman likes to wheel and deal, make some moves around. Andy Reid knows how there's a lot of connections between the Chiefs and the Eagles. I think they make this deal. I think the Chiefs end up taking Jamison Williams, you know, at that, what, 18th pick. And then where I had the Eagles taking George Karloftis, that's maybe down here at 29. Now, I don't think the Chiefs would have to give up the 30th pick as well to move up. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But I think they could still hold on to this 30th pick. Um, It wouldn't shock me if they traded back out of this and got a, 2023 first round pick but if they stay put here I like Boye Mafe from Minnesota there's reports out there that Brett Veach the Chiefs general manager 
he liked Boye Mafe before the Senior Bowl. And then Mafe goes to the Senior Bowl, blows up, has a tremendous outing. And I think a lot of it was Minnesota didn't really play him as well. He played a little too too far inside. They needed to let him, you know, and it's their defense, whatever. But I think Mafe would be a guy that you put out a little bit wider and just use his athleticism to let him attack and bend that edge because that's, that's what his best traits are. And I think the Chiefs are saying, hey, we got a high-end pass rusher that we can get here and and develop. And now we have a potentially star pass rusher on our defense because we're going to be playing with a lot of leads. We're going to be playing in a lot of shootouts. So we can just have this guy pin his ears back and go. All right, last couple picks. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Ty, uh, Tyler Linderbaum is still available. And I know that the Bengals invested a lot in their offensive line, but there's a good possibility that Linderbaum's their pick there at 31, and they slide Alex Karras over to, to guard, where he's had experience as well. But I'm not sold on that pick. I'm not sold on maybe Linderbaum at 31. I like him going Andrew Booth Jr. And they love to draft big school guys. Love it. And Andrew Booth isn't the sexiest cornerback, but he does a lot of everything really good. He doesn't have any elite trait, but he has everything else is good, <laughs> which you to do everything good, that's pretty good. And I think the, the Bengals need cornerback help. They tried to roll out Eli Apple. They had Chidobia Wouzier. They had a couple other guys. I think they need to continue to add pieces to that the, the cornerback position, which was a big weakness for them in the Super Bowl. And I think a guy like Andrew Booth uh, would, would do a lot to fit that. And that leads us to 32nd pick. And the Detroit Lions. And I don't think they're taking a quarterback. Because why, why would you have the second overall pick why would you wait till the 32nd pick to take take your franchise quarterback? They're they're not going to take one here. They're going to wait till next year, let's be real. Cuz this quarterback class isn't good. And next year it's supposed to be good. They're going to have an early pick. What we've seen with Brad Holmes, their general manager, is with their second pick, they like to reach for a need. They did it last year with Alan McNeil. I think they're going to do it again here. And I think linebackers in need. I think safety's in need. And I think receivers in need. So the players that I'm keeping an eye on here are Devin Lloyd, Lewis Seen, and Christian Watson. Christian Watson fits a lot with what they want to do on the outside. They want to add speed on the outside. And he's a guy that has the size and the speed. And they've shown a lot of interest in him. Would they take him with the 32nd overall pick? I had it. I had it penciled in there. I was ready to submit it. And then I ended up changing my mind. I think they take Lewis Seen here. I think Lewis Seen is the perfect, the perfect type of safety for Dan Campbell. He wants to add foundation pieces to this defense. They got it with Aiden Hutchinson, and I think Lewis Seen's going to be another guy that just really fits with what they want to do. He's physical. He's fast. 
reports out that teams just absolutely love him. They love his story. They've met with him. He is just a personal player that just they, they love to be around. And I think he's a locked first-round draft pick, and he fits a lot with the culture that the Detroit Lions are trying to build. So there you go. That's that's my first round, my, my predictive mock, who I think each of these teams are going to go with with the first round. So, to, so on Friday night, I'm sorry, Thursday night, Friday morning, when you're looking back to the draft, you're like, man, draft Brian got all these picks right. You heard it here first. Now, that's not going to happen. I'm. It, it's going to be an unpredictable mock or unpredictable 2022 draft. I, I'm not even going to worry. I mean, I will. Let's be real. I'm not going to worry about um, how well I did just because I think it's going to be so volatile. So, I mean, we're going to have – there's a guy that I didn't even think about here that's probably going to go. It happens in a normal year, let alone this draft class. So, um, like I said, sit back, have fun, enjoy the show. Uh, thanks for watching this show, watching this episode of my final – uh, 2022 NFL mock draft. If you like what you're seeing here, make sure you subscribe, uh, hit the bell for all your notifications. Make sure you follow me on social media as well. Draft underscore Brian, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever it may be. Make sure you follow me there. Thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed and let's have a fun 2022 NFL draft.